into your sanctuary where we're standing face to face. I look upon your countenance. I see the fullness of your grace. I can only bow down and say,
let's put them together for an awesome God called Jesus Christ this morning. Ah, uh, hallelujah, not is he only awesome in this place, but he desired to be awesome in our lives on a personal basis. Oh, isn't it great to know him this morning through the power of the Holy Ghost? The revelation of his name and who he is and what he's doing for us this morning. Hallelujah. Boy, it's an exciting time to be living for the Lord, ain't it? Hallelujah. It's good to know your maker, isn't it? It's good to know the name that has all power in heaven and in earth. It has a power over all flus, all diseases, all afflictions. Hallelujah. He can draw the lines. He can do whatever he wants to. The devil can't do nothing about it. Nobody else can't do nothing about it. If you believe it, decide to follow them that believe. I choose to be a believer. I'm tired of some of these depressed-looking old apostolic people's faces. My God, we got the only living thing that's going to live out of eternity. How's inside this old earth and vessel called the Holy Ghost? I'm not depressed and worried. I didn't have to get up this morning to take a nerve pill, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not going to get up in the morning to take one either. And not the next day or the next day. Well, that may not went over good. Tell you what I am going to do, though. I'm going to call on a name. I'm going to do my best to get in the spirit. A good spirit. Call the Holy Ghost. It's just something about it. When you get it to moving, everything else has to move over. Everything else has to back up. Well, when we come to get Jesus, who are you looking for? Jesus. I am He. Power of the Word, ladies and gentlemen. Life and death's in the Word, in the tongue. If you speak it, you can have it. Hey, there's a mountain. Oh, yeah, I do speak to it. Ain't no difference speaking to a mountain than to a tree. That's what he taught us. <laughs> Bad ingrown toenail ain't no different to God than a heart problem. Lee, it's not. <laughs> ah, isn't it great to be here today? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad we're able to gather together. Anybody notice something this morning? Well, I noticed something this morning. I come in the door back there. There's at least, I think, one, two, three, four, about four or five of those little bottles. Sanitizers. Hallelujah. If anybody's ever been sanitized. If anybody's ever been cleaned up. If anybody's ever been washed. If anybody's ever been made clean. Hallelujah. The only way you can really get clean is in the blood of the Lamb. But you call on His name when you worship Him. I tell you, He's the only one. I'm not against none of that. I'm just simply telling you there's one greater than what's inside them bottles in this house today. And he not only can clean the hands, but he can clean the mind and the heart and the spirit. So that's, that's what, that's what I just get excited about this. I know who he is. I know what he can do because he's done it for me. I was dirty and no good. Well, he pulled me out of one of them old trash piles. Oh, I know what the devil's trying to pull me back in it. The world around us is trying to pull us back in it. But we're not going. By the help of God, by the grace of God, by the goodness of the Lord, 
we're not going. We will live and do what the Lord wants us to do here today. Isn't it great to be here? God bless you. So good to see all of you. Smiling faces, excited about living for God. Hallelujah. I'm glad you didn't choose to stay home. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't want to shake hands, that's fine. I don't know how we're going to get enough room in here to get everybody six foot apart. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. But you know what? He can keep us. He can protect us. Now, I don't think we need to be foolish. You know, I think you can't be foolish. That's what I feel like, them snake handlers. (laughs) Sometimes be foolish. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus did put on a show for the devil when he tempted him. And he doesn't intend for his body to put on a show to entertain the devil, our humanity, our flesh. We're not in the entertainment business to, to entertain the flesh. We're in the business of entertaining God. And it's going to be upright and wholesome and pleasing in his sight. That's the reason we don't put on the bling bling. And we don't put on the glamour. We let him illuminate us. <laughs> you know, when we were singing that song. And talking about coming face to face. You know that we've done that this morning. I know in a sense, he's not literally standing here, but he is. As he sits upon the circle of the earth. As he sits up in the high of the heavens and looking down upon us. How many of you believe he's looking down upon us here this morning? Right here in Bendale, Mississippi, he's looking at us. Amen. And he's, he's watched the countenance of our face. You know, to really worship him. I'm not trying to be hard. Can I just pastor just for a second? <laughs> Amen. You know, when, when that type of song and that, this, that atmosphere, you know what the best things to do? Amen. Just lift your hands and your face. Unless there's a reason why you're not. If that be the case, the next best thing to do is say, God, if you'll just forgive me and help me, <laughs> I'm overcome that. I'm going to do better because when I come back in here in the next service, I will lift you. I want my countenance to please you as much as I want your countenance to shine down upon me. I want my countenance to be pleasing to you that you can take up habitation in it. Because when you take up habitation in it, that's where the miraculous and the supernatural take place. He will on a Sunday morning like this. So our countenance response about where we at and who we worshiping makes all the difference in the world it's really a spiritual thing hallelujah but we we do have a lot of things we need to pray for let's pray for our country the president if i understand right is calling this day a national day of prayer man we every day is a national day prayer for us but more so today against this virus Amen. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's coming our way. It's affecting our world. And, uh, <laughs> you know, when I said the other night, and I ought not mention this, I reckon, but I said the other night, what are you going to do when they tell you not to come to church? That's more real today than it was Wednesday night, isn't it? <laughs> so, overreact, not enough, whatever. I just know, let's just lift it up before the Lord and ask God to minister Amen. And to work, to keep us, also to comfort the hearts already of those that's dealing with it or possibly have lost loved ones. Uh, I told somebody this week, I said, well, you know, it's not maybe affected us personally yet. But I said, 
those that's already lost loved ones, it's very real to them. Amen. Because they had to lay a loved one to rest. And so the reality of it's on their hearts. And so let's remember them this morning. Let's pray for the president and those that's in positions to do something about it. Amen. Again, I believe that's the goodness of God and the grace of God. Amen. That'll help us. And there's a lot of countries that won't call a national day of prayer like we have and our president has. And so this can make a difference as a witness and a testimony to the other countries, Europe and different ones that's under the struggle more so now than China. Amen. So let's join in and bind with them and believe together because the Bible's taught us where two or three agree, to agree on one thing on earth, it can happen. And just because everybody don't believe just the same, but if we believe in this God, and we do, and we know what name to call on, hallelujah. So if anybody ought to be able to touch him, it's us. Apostolic Jesus thing people, and so we want to join together and bind together. Pray about this dilemma, this situation, that God's hand will be in it. Amen. And sometimes and, and I'm careful about praying that, amen, sometimes, and you may not like this, but, um, you know, sometimes sickness are sent our way for correction. Sometimes it's just life, and then sometimes, amen, it's an opportunity for God to perform the miraculous. And so I always have to pray, God, amen, your will be done, amen. I mean, if you're, you're, you're correcting somebody, and I pray that you lift that correction before the job's done, then I've done more harm there than good. That includes myself. I pray the same thing for myself. Amen. Because especially lately in the last few weeks, I've been praying, God, I want to receive the correction. Amen. I don't have to be beat in submission and all that other stuff. But you know what? I'm not the biggest fan of screaming at somebody uh, to half a dozen times either. Amen. I'm just not the biggest fan of that. I'd rather tell them one time and then get up with a switch and bop upside the head the second time. But not. I'm just, hallelujah. <laughs> it works a lot better sometimes that way. But anyway, uh, uh, but God, you know, he's a long-suffering God. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today in our lesson. We talked about baptism. But without, you know, real baptism, it takes first true repentance and so you know the bible's instructed us if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves amen humble themselves and turn amen from the wickedness and pray and call on him he said i'll heal your lands so this is bible amen this is this is what god would have us to do in such a time like this amen instead of just depending on man and man's ability to come up with some kind of vaccine or something let's call on god amen and they tell us even the weather well, you know what? God controls the weather. He can send us such pretty weather that can stop it in its tracks. Hallelujah. And thank God for that. I heard some of them talking about yesterday, talking about, you know, global warming, how everybody's been against global warming. Well, come to find out global warming will actually help stop this virus. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's just going to what you throw up and how you look at it. But I'm glad I'm serving a God tonight or this morning. Amen. And we're not confused in who to call on and how to call on him and to believe that believe that he'll do something about it. Hey, we come into expectation that Jesus is going to be in the house that the Holy Ghost is going to fall upon us here today and minister unto each and every one of us and help us and strengthen us all prayer requests lifting to be handsome amen let's, let's pray let's pray let's pray for those especially those that may be vulnerable uh, to this I had some talking to me this week at the store 
some that's had transplants, got loved ones. That's, so they're concerned about them, you know, more so than themselves because they understand they're vulnerable. They're subject to it. And so we know that God can reach down and touch and heal them. All the prayer requests, amen, three full pages and some already. Maybe I should have put the fourth page out already. Normally I wait till Sunday night or Wednesday night. But uh, three, three and a half pages already of loved ones, friends, and neighbors that need to touch from God. Amen. A move of the Holy Ghost in their lives. Direction. Healing. Uh, salvation. You know, I'm glad I'm serving a God this morning that looks down and he, he doesn't miss not one thing. He's not going to miss one thing in this service. Hallelujah. And in each heart and soul that's in this house. So let's pray and ask God to work here today. Lord, we love you and appreciate you this morning. So thankful for your grace, your compassion, your mercy, and the divine hand of the Lord and the power of God that we have felt already in this house this morning through song, through worship. And God, is now as we take the time to lift our voices unto our only Savior, Jesus Christ. And through the name of his name, that lovely name of Jesus, all power in heaven and earth has been given to this name so we understand and realize hallelujah, that prayer can make a difference of the outcome, God, of the events and the things that's going around our country today as we lift it up before you, bind it together, God, just following the commander-in-chief, God, of our nation, doing what we can in obedience. And out of this obedience, God, you'll bring results of your mighty hand and mighty power to move and operate for us. But not only in that area, but God, right down into this surface, right down to heart and soul and life and individual that's walked in this place this morning. Maybe some without the Holy Ghost, you nudge them and touch them and stir them up, God, of the importance of receiving the Holy Ghost in their lives. Maybe they need a healing in their bodies, Lord. You'd reach down and heal them and bless them and raise them up. Maybe there's turbulence, God, in their spirit. But, oh, God, you'd speak calmness into their hearts today and their spirits today. You'd bring God peace into families and peace into homes. And it's your goodwill and good pleasure, God, to do mighty and powerful things in this service today as we lay our hands on the prayer requests here today. Every request has been written down by faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, to bless our families, to keep our families, to kill our families, to most of all, to save our families, God. Touch our children, our grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, and the generations that's coming, God. Help us, God, hallelujah, by your anointing and touching our lives in this place this morning, that the souls can be fed, that the hearts can be encouraged, that the minds can find the soundness, that we leave this place far different than what we came. The anointing of the Lord upon these instrument players and singers, the anointing of God upon the Sunday school teachers, the anointing of God upon the saints of God. We didn't come with leaving on our mind. We come to have church. And God, we pray that your power and anointing would fall upon this place and a soul would be redeemed and a body would be healed and all the glory and praise and honor be lifted to none other but to you as our Lord and Savior here today. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, well, well. Come lead us in song. Let's love God today. I could build all 
this old world all alone. I thought of myself as a mighty big man, but I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Oh, I can't even walk without you Jesus. Well, isn't it a great honor and a privilege to have the assurance that someone's willing to hold us, not only to hold our hand, he promised us to put us in the palm of his. And with that same promise, he promised us that no man can pluck us out. Amen. What a blessing that is. Lord bless you. You may be seated. All the youth that may be thinking about going to youth camp there's been some changes some of you may already know uh, but uh, they're going to split the two camps going to have a junior and a senior camp junior camps going to go to the same park you've been going to the last few years uh, I think it's June it will be June the 3rd and 5th which is Wednesday through Friday or maybe Saturday morning and then that's ages 8 to 12 It'll stay the same price of 155 and then the senior camp will be June the 29th to July the 3rd. Amen. It's going to be at the Rocky Creek Campgrounds in Pineville, Louisiana. So uh, they starting tomorrow about 10 o'clock. Uh, you can go online and register to go. So, But we need to know if you're planning on going, how many is going to go, and then the chaperones likewise. So there's, it, there is a, some changes made. Uh, they had new leadership with Zach Wells. Gina Louisiana is over it now, and so they're changing up, splitting it up. Actually, seniors camp is going to be a whole week of it, and uh, they're going to have uh, Brother Joel Booker and Brother Nathaniel Urshan will be speaking at that particular camp. And so uh, if you're interested, make sure you get with us, and we'll be planning and making arrangements and get it done, okay? All right. Classes, you can stand, Brother Ford, to stay out with us. Others, amen. God bless you. Appreciate our Sunday school, don't we? Amen. Sunday school teachers, and these good, good young boys and girls that come and want to come to the house of God and hear the word of God and feel the presence of God. They, they, want to, they need to realize an early age, just like that song just told us, I can't make it on my own. I might have thought I could have, 
Amen. But the journey is too great. The valleys are too wide. The mountains are too high. If the man of God, Jeremiah, couldn't make it, amen, neither can you and I. Praise God. But thank God for his visitations that he can wake us up even at the midnight. Say, hey, wake up and eat. Praise God. That's the reason we come at times like this. We come to eat the good word of God and feel the presence of the Lord and be touched by God. Amen. To get this, you know, we're on a course. We're on a journey. And we need these mid-course adjustments to keep us focused, to keep us connected. Headed in the right direction, doing the right things. I'm telling you, the world's doing its best. The devil's doing his best. The spirits of the world. Amen. It's doing their best. Amen. To sidetrack people. We understand. We've been taught by the word of God that in this end time there would be a falling away. And praise God. I don't want to fall away. How about you? I don't want to fall off no mountains. I don't want to fall off. You know, I don't fall off houses. I don't even want to fall off the back of a truck. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. If I'm roping a calf, I still don't want to fall off the back of the truck. <laughs> Where's he at? He went to back. Oh, I got to get him tonight. Praise God. I was picking on them, you know, cowboys. I told him, I said, a real cowboy, amen, is when you get on a four-wheeler, amen, and rope them cows. Come to find out this past week, a couple of our gentlemen tried to rope one out of the back of a Toyota. Amen. But they, but they didn't tie the rope to the Toyota before they roped it. I believe that's what I'd have done. I'd have tied the rope off to the Toyota first. That way I can let go. And, hey, you on now, Bubba. But anyway, uh, it, it'll be fun. We'll have fun. Hey, I'm telling you, God, ain't it great to live for God? Hallelujah. You know, the world out there trying to tell you it's better to live for the devil and live in all the pleasure of sin. But they ain't no telling how many of them they probably hadn't got awake yet. When they, get, when they do wake up in the morning, all that thrill's gone, and now they are, you know, they're, they're worshiping their God, you know. Got some over hangover and blurry eyed, and no, I don't feel like living. I'm not going to do that tonight. And before it gets here, lie to themselves. <laughs> then they say, We in bondage. And to tell us, amen, that we, we got dictators, rulers, ones that's overpowering us. <laughs> man, they need to look at themselves sometime and realize, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm injecting something in me that's dominating me and ruling me and controlling me. I wish I didn't have to do that, but here I am. Man, I'm telling you, well, praise God. Be baptized. Got a good lesson, aren't we? Praise the Lord. I tell you, this is a good lesson. It's, uh, it's, it covers a lot. We're going to do our best to cover as much of it as we possibly can here today. Uh, there's, there's a lot of rabbits, a lot of avenues you could take from this particular lesson here this morning. It's an important lesson. It's a lesson that's uh, by the majority of our religious world has uh, stepped away from, has begun to practice and preach and believe that it's not essential. And uh, it first started, amen, you didn't have to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then it went from that, amen, to the place you don't even have to have baptism at all. But yet we know through the words of Jesus Christ, the, the doctrine, the, what he left us, we know by the, the instructions that the Apostle Peter, that the keys was given to, and by our own personal apostle, and I'm talking about the Gentile apostle, the Apostle Paul, all of these instructed us and gave us guidance, and it was written down, amen, for you and I, and for our admonition, for our learning, for our warning, amen. So it's in the book, it's in the Word of God. So you go right back to that place, let God be truth, and every 
amen, a liar. Amen. So we want truth. Truth is what sets us free. Truth is what makes us free. When you stand with truth, everything else is sinking sand. When you experience truth and the fullness of truth, amen, it's what gives you liberty. It's what anoints you and gives you power to live an overcoming life. Thank God for the baptism, not only of water, but of the Spirit. They work hand in hand. Two elements, amen, amen. One baptism, all said and done. If you read the Scriptures and where it ought to be done, I know it don't happen that way. And even in the Scriptures, the Acts, the 10th chapter, some got Holy Ghost before they baptized But amen, you can't step around baptism, water baptism, amen, fully submerged in the lovely name of Jesus. And I believe you got to be careful who you're allowed to baptize you because if they don't really believe it, then that, that unbelief, amen, will disqualify what's going on. The one that's putting you under, the hands that you place yourself in to be put under, must believe, amen, that in this name and this name only, it can't just be among the groups. It can't just be among the titles, amen. It can't be when I'm going to do it in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and in the name of Jesus. I know you don't believe that. I feel good today, y'all. Y'all hadn't noticed, I feel good today. Man, I tell you, I feel good today. Praise God. I feel like Brother Odom now. I'm not 74. But I sure don't feel 60 either. Praise God. Here we are. All right, focus thought. To be participants in the new covenant, whoo, help me, Lord. We must be baptized in the covenant name of Jesus. Covenant name. Covenant, New Testament, Old Testament covenant is a contract. That's what it is. That's what a covenant is. It's a contract. It's a deal that's made. And so the word of God is a contract. It's been written from God to man. And for us to receive the benefits of the contract, we've got to obey the contract, what's written in the contract, how to achieve that, how to accomplish that. You know, that's true in so many areas of our lives and, and, and things that we get involved with in money and material things and, and jobs, all of these things, you know, that you may have to, if you have to wind up signing a contract and things of this nature, you know, there's, there's, there's things that has to be abided by and, and dealt with. And if you do that, this is going to be the benefits of it. But if you failed in any of these areas, amen, then you, you're going to come up short. You're going you're gonna to fail to obtain, amen, what was promised, amen, in the book, what was promised in the contract. <laughs> Hallelujah. That'll preach on it. Praise God. A lot of people, you know, you know, they want to sign, you know, a lot of people jump out here and sign contracts, but they don't want to keep up the obligations. I signed a contract and I'm going to pay for something in five years, but you know what? I found something else I want a year later and something else a few years later now. All of a sudden I find myself I can't pay for all of them. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have signed so many contracts you, you, that you obligated yourself that you didn't have the ability, amen, to fulfill. A good practice, amen, is not get more than what you can pay for. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, I believe we can eat an elephant, don't you? We just got to do it one mouthful at a time. You just can't eat it all at one time. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe one of them little chocolate elephants, but not, not no real elephant. Hallelujah. So that's the same way in living for God. Amen. We got to be geared and directed. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what. I'm watching the shaking of this country and the shaking of the world, and this is going on. Hallelujah. And the whole time we ought to be saying, you know what? God's got it. God's got it. Hallelujah. Amen. If I wind up, now watch this. I'm, we kind of what the three Hebrews are. Well, if I die on the, that's all right. He's still going to resurrect me. It's not going to win the thing because I done got my contract signed. I done got the green card punch. Hallelujah. So it doesn't matter if I live or die. Amen. If I die, I'm going to be with Christ. If I live, then I'm going to live for Christ. Hallelujah. Don't make me no difference either way. So we'll have to fret and worry about all that mess. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Focus verses in Matthew 3, 14 to 15. This is actually where the lesser text of the majority of it is going to come. Now, the writings here from John the Baptist, 
Amen. To what he, he started out to preach. And God forbid him saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. Praise God. Now you remember the word of God told us that John the Baptist actually, a man was born with the Holy Ghost. He, he received it in his womb, his mother's womb, when Mary visited him. But, but still, and yet, he knew that there, there is this, this baptism, amen. And he, he's, it's part of his ministry. Now, John the Baptist is out in the wilderness. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Came, comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer, suffer here and in other places such as in the book of Acts and other times of the Bible. That means to allow. Amen. Regardless if it's good or bad, that means to allow. Even when you agree or disagree with it, a man suffered. You know, there's a place in the book of Acts, God. You know, at one time he suffered, amen, for what nations to go on their own pathway. And he, he, he winked at ignorance. But, uh, but now he's commanding all men to what? To repent. You don't have an option. He's not going to wink at that any longer. Why? Because of the man Jesus Christ has came on the scene. Now it's whosoever will let him come. They can be saved. But there is a process. There is a, a means and a way that have been set up by the word of God. To how to accomplish that. How to achieve that. And so as we watch this unfold here today. Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill what? All righteousness. Then he suffered him or allowed him, amen, to baptize him in that Jordan River, amen, baptize none other but Jesus Christ. And if you read your lesson, we know that Jesus didn't have to be baptized for the remission of sin because he hadn't committed any. But he was giving us an example. Amen. Praise God. And then they want to say, well, it's not essential. But for Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, for all righteousness to be fulfilled, was baptized and humbled himself and yielded himself unto his first cousin, John the Baptist, was six months older than, who, than he was. Amen. To go down into that river, river, amen, and that water baptism as an example of you and I. Amen. Because you know what? you got to die. And what do you do with dead things? What we ought to do with dead things. And amen. We bury them. We don't leave them out and exposed. Amen. We bury them. Amen. And that's, you know, that's more than just we bury them because they stink. No, not only that. Hallelujah. Because, amen, protection for the body. Hallelujah. That's the reason we spend large amounts of money sometimes putting them in certain caskets and vaults and things of this nature. Amen. Because we don't have the, the struggle with the idea. Amen. That their bodies are going to be just exposed and laid out. Hey, I'm preaching to you. Hallelujah. Without the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the baptism in Jesus' name that applies the blood, we're going to stink. Hallelujah. And when we stink in the nostrils of God, he's going to reject us. And so without this baptism taking place, then we're left vulnerable. And not only do we stink, but we're left vulnerable to every foul spirit, every beast of the land, every, 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 every demonical force and doctrines, amen, that's unwholesome and unrighteous. Thank God for the baptism in Jesus' name. There's protection that comes with that baptism. There's protection, amen, against the powers of evilness. And philosophy is a man. Why? Because into this baptism now there's a voice called the Holy Ghost. And a comfort of the Holy Ghost. And it abides in us and helps guides and leads us into all truth. So we're just excited about that today. Uh, the writer talks about, if you read your lesson, contemplating the topic, I don't know. Y'all, how many of you read it? Y'all read that little story? I don't know how true it is or not. It's pretty good though. Go back and read it. I'm not going to all of it anyway. He's talking about, you know, all he had to be in, in proximity. You know, 
man, to, that Jesus wasn't really, in, you know, they didn't go down into Jordan. They was in the broccoli area of it. And, and, you know, it tells them all about this. And, and the guy finally tells him, anyway, if you go back and read it all. I don't have time this morning. I've got too much other I want to deal with. Amen. Go back and read it. He finally comes to the place. Amen. If I don't show up to church in the morning, I'll be, I'll be close, though. I'll be right by it. I'll be at the golf course right next door. <laughs> go back and read it. It's pretty good. I promise you. I'm just not going to take time to do it. I, I apologize. You got your book. Amen. There's a lot of things in here today. I'm going to bring you back to your book and some scriptures to go back and study them and look at them. Amen. One of the areas was the name of the covenant. Uh, there's several scriptures that's given there. And this covenant that came from God just started with Abram and worked its way through. This thing hadn't just started. Amen. God didn't come up with a second plan or a third plan. He's still, amen, this first plan, the plan that God had from the very beginning. That's the reason Jesus Christ was slain before the very foundation of the world, before there was ever the first Adam. Amen. God already seen the ending from the beginning. And that's the reason he was able to accomplish and achieve the things that he's done. That's the reason you and I have the promise and the assurance if we'll just call on his name with honesty and with sincerity. Amen. That you know what? He can come to us and help us. Hallelujah. Deliver us. If not, then his grace is efficient to see us through it. So we're a winner either way. It don't make any difference. That's a reason. Amen. I told somebody this week and they was talking about something that's going on. I said, well, Jesus told us. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't bring in all the worries of tomorrow today. Amen. It'll overwhelm you. Overpower you. You got today and today's all you got. You may not even get to face tomorrow. Hallelujah. You may not know anything about that. You may have a car wreck this evening. <laughs> Amen. Snatched out of here. So the best thing to do is live your best for today because today's all you got. You live for God today and please him today. Then, you know, tomorrow's will take care of it. Sam, God's got you all the tomorrows. He's got them. He's got them. Okay, so here we're going to begin to, and I'm going to start back the very first of this Matthew, the third chapter of John the Baptist. And uh, I may not take all the time, uh, but I'm going to do much of it as I can. I'd like to bring some things out about it. Uh, they tell us that, that there's probably at least 30 years elapsed, amen, between the second and third chapter of Matthew start with okay if you read that second chapter you see where it's left off and and then the, the period of 30 years of, of maturing growing of things and now Jesus fixing to the scene so this helps us to get a little idea of what's going on what's taking place notice that also John the Baptist is not on the scene he, he, he's out in the wilderness he's he, he's not in Jerusalem he's not you know it's almost it's coming out of this wilderness he's coming out of this place and the scripture talks about that he said in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea Judea this was actually east of Jerusalem uh, it's actually the wilderness of Judea is on the western side of the Dead Sea it goes inland about 20 miles and so he's out there preaching so I just can't help but wonder ponder amen so that's telling me that John the Baptist didn't come into the cities he didn't come into their synagogue he didn't come into their, their place but if you wanted to hear the, the good tidings or the good news or, or, or the preparation of the kingdom of coming then you had to make preparation to go to him we're living in a world today that wants easy living easy whatever you know religion just a little bit you know just a little here no sacrifices no commitment to, now we praise people amen when they sacrifice for our country and we ought to we praise people when they sacrifice and go overboard amen to build companies and, and athletical world and things of that nature but we have a tendency to put the brakes on when it comes to living for God and making commitments and dedication and making sacrifices amen for the kingdom's sake there, there's a tendency especially by the spirit of the world saying you ought not do 
do that. That spirit came in a long time in the Old Testament whenever they began to build golden calves and Dan and other places that make it a lot easier so you don't have to make the journey back to Jerusalem. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Hallelujah. Brother Bobby McCrane says this all the time. It's worth the drive. The reason he says that, he drives about 40-something miles, amen, to come to this church. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, if you have to drive 100 miles, and regardless how narrow the road is and how rough the road is, it's going to be worth the drive. It's going to be worth the journey to come to truth and hear truth and experience truth. Amen. In that moment, in that day when eternity starts, hallelujah, and you wind up lost, you're going to wish you'd have made the drives. You're going to wish you'd have made the sacrifices. You're going to wish you'd have done this, but it's going to be one day too late. So what I'm trying to tell you, amen, these people, amen, had to go out into the wilderness to cure the man called John the Baptist. I don't want to be saved. Got to have a passion. Got to have a desire. Amen. At whatever cost, God. I want truth. I want to know you. I want to know the power. Your grace and mercy and deliverance. And so, could it be that right here, read the writers bringing this to our attention. Amen. But it was prophesied, remember? Voice out of the wilderness. Isaiah said. Wow. And so, here's this connection. And so, same way here. Why do you think God moves so many times in, in cities, but also in rural areas? Out of wilderness, man, churches can be built. Out of rural areas, you just be driving along the road, on these country roads, and ain't a store in 20 miles. And all of a sudden, here's this big apostolic God-fearing church. Huh. Hey, man, you know why? Because people, man, want to be saved. People want to go to heaven. People want to live for God. Something about the gospel. It's something about, amen, vessels of God. It's witnesses of him that we ought to attract people to us. Not necessarily to us, but the God of us. The hope that lies within us. The life, the joy that's bubbling out of us. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what attracts people. Amen. I don't never see anybody following the ice truck. They could care less where they're going. But you get a fire truck going somewhere with them lights on and that siren blaring. Hallelujah. Everybody, you know, I wonder where they're going. Hey, what's that siren about? Man, we went as far as getting scanners and all this other stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. You didn't get a scanner to know where the next ice truck is going. Hallelujah. No, we want some excitement. Hallelujah. That's the reason we ought to come here. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody come here, paid us a visit the other day sometime. I think it must have been. Yeah, I don't know when it was. But anyway, paid us a visit right back here. Spun around back here. Spun right back out on the cement out here. Praise God. I don't know. You know, they didn't hurry to leave here. <laughs> Praise God. Well, maybe the Lord sent something to them. Maybe the school Lord scared the daylights out. Maybe back. <laughs> Praise God. So anyway, as we begin to watch some of this, some now, the second verse, amen, is just as important as a whole lesson. Because the lesson's about baptism, but yet without this next verse, uh, <laughs> baptism's a waste of time. Well, I ought not say that, baby, but it is. We make the statement, you know, without true repentance and without believing, you just go down as a wet center, come up as, I mean, you go down as a dry center, and you come up as a, a wet center. You know, I've had some people question when we rebaptize some. I'll tell you something. If your conscience is bothering you, the best thing you can do is rebaptize. Here's where I believe you get in trouble in baptism. It's when you once was baptized in Jesus' name, and then you go back and start trying to be baptized in the titles and other methods and means and ways. That's where you can get in some serious trouble with God. And seal your conscience and your heart, to, amen, to never be saved again. But as long as you're making progress and doing it in the, in the progress of light and truth, amen, then, amen, you're headed in the right direction. You're doing the right thing. Okay? Because, and that's, that's one of these, 
illustrations I use, I said, well, you know, a lot of times people get caught up in the, the times or the emotions, especially young, and they just follow a group and get baptized. Hallelujah. And then they live like a heathen thereafter. <laughs> Praise God. And when they come back, they want to be rebaptized. Hey, I got a little better understanding of what's going on now. And so, like, you know, rightly so. Now, you may say, well, well, Lord, help me here. We're going to go to Romans, the sixth chapter, and we're going to deal with some things. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you what, we are a new creation. And help us, God. I'm telling you, in this end time, I'm telling you, folks need to see some people that's got their head on right. People need to see people, amen, that's the same day in and day out. Hallelujah. I know we got good days and bad days. I understand that too. You know, there's some, I'm going to give some tolerance there. But amen, it should not be in the realms, amen, that we're, we're messing and gumming. Praise God. <laughs> oh, I want to be careful here. <laughs> but saying, repent. Repent, repent. Repent ye for what? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you really begin to look and even at the word repent, repent means, you know, you've got to have a sorrow. I mentioned here a few weeks ago to be remorseful about it. Sorrowful enough with a godly sorrow. Amen. Not just a, a, a cult sorrow, but a godly sorrow. When you have a real godly sorrow about a transgression that you made against God or even against individuals, and I think there was a dangerous thing there. We, we learned that. I didn't mention it in my message here a few weeks ago, but that was a problem. Amen. With the two sons of Eli. Amen. As they were transgressing against the people and the things of God. He told them, he said, hey, it's one thing when you transgress against another man, you got a God that can intervene. And then do something about it. But when you transgress against God, then who's going to come to your rescue? Who's going to deliver you? Who's going to set you free? Especially in the Old Testament. Because there was not no lamb called Jesus Christ at that present time. Amen. And so the sacrifices are being brought. Amen. To, to, to bring this about. And for the, for the sins to be transferred from the individuals. Amen. Amen. And to the animal. They was taking those animals and abusing them. And taking offerings and, and, and you know, abusing the people and those that was bringing them. So anyway, there's a lot to that. So as we watch this. This true penance is important. When you look at repentance, amen, and you start looking at the definition of it, it means you got to die. You got to make a bow face turn. You got to have an sorriness. You know, just say you're sorry, but you don't change your actions. You don't change your attitude. You don't change your spirit. You don't change the pathways you're walking down. I read just this week to talk about the brain. The brain, amen, how it's developed from one side to the other. Uh, wait, it was in this lesson. Amen. Talking about riding the bicycle. Yeah, it was in this lesson. Anyway, it talks about riding the bicycle that once you your, your brain has learned how to do that, that it never really forget that you can always ride a bicycle. Well, that might be true until you get 100. <laughs> your brain might tell you know how to do it, but everything else don't respond to the brain. <laughs> Hallelujah. It hesitates and says, oh, no, you're crazy. You lost your mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's some things, you know, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. And so it talks about highways, amen, of the brain and freeways and things of this nature that takes place in the brain. And so, you know, as we talk about this, as we lived in the world, the lust of the world, the ways of the world, you got to die out to that. Amen. You're drawn or lured away by your lust. And so whatever we once walked in and lusted after, amen, when you become, amen, repent means you're going to make a bow face turn from that. You're going to quit doing some of those things. You're going to turn from those things, those habits, amen, uh, actions of life and conduct. And I believe it needs to be more than just the outward, amen. It's also got to be an inward. you got to deal with the mind. Hallelujah. Now watch this. I've been praying this last couple of days. Hallelujah. You know, what belongs to God? The scripture says the heart, the soul, the mind, the body, spirit, it all belongs to God. It's all to God. So you know what? I said, Lord, <laughs> these bodies belong to you. You can protect them. Our soul belongs to him. Our heart belongs to him. Our spirit belongs. 
We're no longer our own. We belong to him. We serve him, obey him, love him, trust him. Amen. He's going to see us through. It doesn't matter if we're in Babylonian. We can still make a stand that'll please God. We can still live a life, amen, that causes us to stick out. And we've got to have the right attitude and the right spirit about it. It can't be with regret. Oh, I wish we could do that. I wish we could do that. And that's the spirit and the voices that slipped into the apostolic churches. And that's the reason, amen, they're bracing things and getting involved in things that 50 years they wouldn't have touched in 100 miles of it. Well, anyway, got to die, got to die, got to die, got to repent. Uh, it's really important, and I'd really love to take the time. I'm going to take a little time, if you don't mind, amen, about this. Because, again, without true repentance uh, taking place in our own hearts, in our own lives, we're going to wind up in trouble. Uh, so I got some places, and I'm going to just take a little time, if you don't mind. I want to deal with this just a little bit, if it be okay. Okay, watch this. I thought I had them all marked, but I forgot this one. Acts 11 and 18. When they heard these things, they held their peace, glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. And watch this. Repentance and the opportunity to repent is a gift from God. That's what the Apostle Peter was writing and, and, and as he went into counsel about the Gentiles in the 10th chapter. Because, man, they was wanting to rake him over the coal for going to that bunch of Gentiles. Those brother heathens, don't you know you weren't supposed to? I can't stop God. And they know by the results that happened that God granted the Gentiles, just like he did us, the opportunity to repent. Then when you go from that, you can go back to some of our scriptures. And, and I'm going to just try to run through a few of them, if you don't mind, uh, just to give you a little idea of the importance of repentance. Because if we're not careful, uh, people really don't want to come to altars anymore and die. They don't want to come down publicly down the aisles and uh, uh, all broken and torn up and convicted over their life and their lifestyles. In fact, we're, we're, we're slipping into an area. They don't want you to preach across this pulpit and name sin. Unholy and unrighteous and ungodly things. You may offend somebody. That's, that's the world we're in. But anyway. You go to Acts 4. This is the time of Jesus Christ after the temptation. Uh, Acts, Matthew 4 and 17. Let me see. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's not the only time that he addressed this. You watch other times, amen, when he addressed this. Go to Luke 13 and 3. I tell you, nay, but except he repent, he shall all likewise perish so you know when you really begin to look and these are the words of Jesus Christ you don't have an option there if you don't want to perish if you don't want to wind up lost 
There's got to be a godly sorrow and a godly repentance that grips our heart. How many of you remember when you got the Holy Ghost, you were so sensitive about offending God and saying things or doing things or taking on actions, amen, that, that would grieve the Spirit of God? And, but you know what? If, if you were not careful, amen, life and pitfalls of life and dealing with things, we become calloused and we become hard. And after a while, if we're not careful, amen, we become to get taught to say things and do things that, that 20 years ago we wouldn't have let slip. That to be the reason that Paul talks about dying daily, repenting, dying, keeping that conscience sensitive. Not to let it get calloused. Keep that mind from coming full of carnality. Keeping that heart becoming hard and stony, unmoved, untouched. Of who we serve and why we're doing what we're doing. It's, it's not about a local assembly. It's not even about a particular family. It's about Jesus. It's about as a servant unto God, as unto the Lord. And God, I, I don't offend you, first of all. Huh. I want to walk contrary or say things that would grieve the Spirit of God in me. Acquaints the Spirit. I want it to have free course and great liberty. Huh. So we understand the real importance, especially the first dying out. I may preach on this a little bit more tonight, especially out of Romans. And, and we may, in the sixth chapter, the latter part of this lesson, you see, because dying out and baptism works together, because when these two are done, according to the scripture, you come up in newness of life. There is another law that you receive. The law of, a, of the spirit. That helps war against the law. The sin. And of the man. But we got to die. We got to have a godly sorrow. As unto the Lord. If you go back to even David. David said. I sinned against thee. You alone God. Amen. Create in me a right spirit. Go back to that Psalms 55. Amen. As he repents and talks to God about it. That iniquity that shapes me. Folks, I still haven't preached on it. But that, I see that, that word iniquity and the spirit of iniquity coming up time after time in the word of God. And I'm telling you, the spirit of iniquity is working overtime in our world today. Callousing people. Deceiving them. Causing them to believe things that's not... I know I mentioned here a few few months ago, amen, how that we've, we've turned and we, we're the place, and I'm talking about in general here, amen, we have broadened the way to heaven, but narrowed the way to hell, that it's almost impossible to go to hell anymore. But Jesus taught us right the opposite. And so we're living in a time where they're taking good and calling it bad and bad good. They're taking what's right and saying it's wrong and what's wrong and calling it right. They're taking what the scriptures have taught us and made plain to us and telling us, ah, there ain't nothing to it. The book ain't nothing more but just a history book. That man, Jesus, was nothing but a prophet, a teacher. We, we know God was with him. No man could do what you do, Jesus, perform the miracles. and They didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They didn't believe him. 
But here, we know as the word of Jesus taught us, said, if we don't repent, man, that we're going to perish. And that's the reason the same writings of Luke, the 24th chapter, the latter part of it, amen, he addresses again in 16 and 17. Forty six and forty seven. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in the name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Folks, this thing's together like a puzzle. And we can receive the, the benefits of this. If we'll just apply it to our lives and, and, and come to that place that, you know what? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Have an ear to hear. Boy, I tell you, that's been on me for a little while now. Having an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You and I as individuals are responsible for our own hearing. I'm not talking about the old natural ear. Okay. I'm talking about that inner ear. I'm talking about the ear of the heart of revelation. I talked to you Wednesday night. The important components are ingredients that, that the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul wrote a man on several letters that he would pray after he heard about their faith and love that the spirit of knowledge and understanding that they would attain it, receive it. It's, it's walking in light. It's walking in a journey for God. Amen. That's, that's what this thing is really all about. Why, why, why are you focused on this this morning? Why, why are you? Watch this. Go to Hebrews 12 and 17. talking about Saul so you have to take the opportunity to repent is a privilege that's given to us by God that could be for the first time or possibly in other times in our life and our journey of living for God but you can't afford to let the opportunity just slip by because as Saul found out man when that opportunity has gone you can't retain it. You can't recall it. That's what the Hebrew writer has led us to understand in Hebrews 12 and 17. For he know how that afterwards when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance. No place. Esau. I said Saul. Esau found no place of Repentance. He was gone. He was past. Watch what he says. Though he sought it carefully with tears. Couldn't find it. You see, a world through different means and measures and ways and just being so preoccupied. There's many of you struggling here this morning just to stay awake, just to hear me. I'm not trying to be ugly. 
I'm telling you, we're draining ourselves as Trump's trying to drain the swamp up yonder. Our world's draining us of our energy, our time, and effort that even when we come to the house of God, we, can't, we get settled just a little bit. We don't mean to. We don't mean harm. But we're so pulled and drained. And hard. I, I'm not trying to be ugly. But I'm telling you, eternity is a long time, and I'm telling you, the time's coming. And the thing that you and I have got to watch in this Laodicean church is not to be so lukewarm. You know what's wrong with lukewarm people? You can't do nothing with them. You can pipe to them. You can tell them all kinds of stories. You can preach the word of God. God can move in the house. But if they're lukewarm and content and satisfied, they're unmoved. They're unchanged. They're, they're content. They're satisfied. But if you're cold and undone, Feel the need and the urgency. I've got to have a change. But if you're hot, no fire, man. It's that lukewarm state of mind. When you live in a nation and a people that everybody's going to heaven and nobody's going to hell, everybody begins to get calloused. And it really don't matter. Why do you think some of our own apostolic churches are caught up and involved in things now? I'm not trying Repentance, true godly sorrow. You know, Paul wrote a letter. If you go back to 2 Corinthians, and he, he talks about the second letter. First letter is written to them that would bring them to a godly sorrow. Oh, it offended them, it, it got them upset. But thank God, amen, it got them so, so, so stirred and moved. And you know, sometimes it would really pay us to examine our condition. See, where am I at, God? If I was snatched out right now, where would I go, God? What if I literally, as we sung that song this morning, was standing face to face to you right now in judgment? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to have to give account. Even Paul's writings there, 2 Corinthians. I'll just start the ninth verse. Now I rejoice, not that he were made sorry. I, I don't rejoice in making you mad or upsetting you. If, I, if I've said something here already this morning, it's got you. But if it had caused us to get this, get this old mirror out, really begin to look at that mirror and say, what kind of man am I? How, how do I? We're all going to have to give account to it. You won't be able to go and say, hey, you wasn't warned because I'm doing my best to warn us all. I'm included. I'm not in some special vessel over here right now. I never believe that, John. I don't believe that. But watch what he says. But that he sorrowed to repentance. You changed. You've done something about the situation. They, they, they had to kick that fellow out. Guess what? They also had to welcome him back once he repented. And embrace him and bring him back in. See, that's godly sorrow. Godly sorrow is whenever you preach and you, you, you make a stand against sin. Not the individual, but sin. 
Sin, the wages of sin is death. That's the reason that we're going to preach doctrines and things that even our own nation may pass some laws one day and call us to hate people. We don't hate people. But alter lifestyles is not going to have no part in the kingdom of God. That's in the book. But neither's liars, feminine, homosexuals, whoremongers. Come on. Gossipers. Bitterness, envy, strive. What is it? What is it? What has to harbor in it? So, so when we talk about baptism, baptism's no good without truly dying. <laughs> dying out. You see a dead man, <laughs> you can slap him. You can talk about him. You can do what you want to. He, he doesn't respond. Boy, if we could just stay in that dead place, the influence of sin won't have its influence. The pull of the world. Won't have us. He said, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. That's what we're after, isn't it? We're after the complete salvation, the inheritance that's laid up for us. I know the psalm has preached it that we already got it, but we haven't. We haven't received the fullness of salvation, ladies and gentlemen. We're on a journey. We got the right foundation on the right launching pad. The right spirit in us, only one spirit of Christ. <laughs> but we gotta be, we gotta walk with it. Not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. The sorrow of the world. The worldly sorrow is I got caught. You can tell people they really repent of their deeds or actions, amen. It's whenever they fuss and fight and you know disgruntled, amen, with the if, if the judgment was fair, if it's within the bracket and the rounds, I'm not talking about something that some, somebody may have took advantage of done, I'm, I'm, but I'm talking about what we know that's right. So, so let's get into the lesson now. <laughs> Maybe I ought not have jumped that rabbit. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths Straight. Man, this thing is straight. And the same John had his raiment and camel's hair and leather girdle about his loins. And his meat was locust and wild honey. Uh, he, he dressed like many of the prophets, Elijah, others, amen, the Old Testament. He didn't dress like the priest. He didn't dress like the so-called religious leaders of their day and time. He, his apparel was much different. Amen. But he had a different message. He had a voice. Amen. That was going to come out of this wilderness. Then went out to him, Jerusalem, all Judea, the regions round about Jordan. Went out to him, Jerusalem, which was to the east of it. The regions around made their way out to that wilderness to be baptized in that Jordan River. You say, well, is repentance that important? Well, let's just watch John. Let's see what he has to say. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to, be come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generations of vipers, 
Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits meet for repentance. Show me. You know, you can't say you're sorry for doing something and you go right around and do it again. That's not godly sorrow. That's not making the back face. That's not. That's he said. You got to show me some fruits. Do you mean what you're saying? Think not to say within yourselves that we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth forth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. Hey, he was a hell and brimstone preacher. Praise God. He didn't cut him no slack. John the Baptist is telling them that even my water baptism is no good without repentance, without Fruits, it's meat that measures up to, to this repentance. But you're going to change. Luke, Luke helps us out. He, go to Luke, the third chapter, and he begins to help write a little bit more about John the Baptist and, and those that was convicted by his preaching and begin to listen to him and take it to heart. And, and you could tell when people want to be saved. You could tell people whenever they really want truth and they want to know God. That it's, it's not just a family deal. And it's not, to, amen, just the thing to be doing at the moment. You can tell because they're going to start asking. Watch this. When you go to Luke, the third chapter. And the people asked him, saying, talking to John the Baptist, What shall we do then? He answered and saith unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him, let him do likewise. You got two coats. I'm going to start seeing your practice. I'm going to see how you handle the, how God's blessed you, how willing you are to share with others. You got more than enough meat. How are you willing to feed the hungry? Jesus comes along and tells us, He said, Hey, those that visit the sick, those in prison, those that was willing to feed the hungry and clothe those that was naked. James goes, it doesn't stop there, does it? It goes right on to James' writings. It talks about having one to come. It knocks on our door. And it's naked and destitute and hungry. And we just simply tell them, hey, we're going to pray for you and just close it. No, not when we have the resources on our shelves. Not when we got the resources in our grasp. Show him the love of God. This message goes a lot further back, a lot deeper than what people realize. It's the same message all the way through. The same practice, the same transformation. That's what this baptism's all about. That's, that's what brings the necessity of this baptism of fully submerged. That's what transforms us. It changes our way of thinking. I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm going to work on this, that thought right there. The world is doing its best to change the way the church thinks. But you and I both know, after coming to God, receiving this truth, and the Holy Ghost, we don't think the same. Neither should we let our mind just think on whatever, ponder whatever. 
respond to whatever just any old way. In fact, Paul encouraged us. He said, think on these things that are pure, just, and truth, and honest. But the, but the devil has done everything he can to get us to thinking on anything and everything else. If you're not careful today, all you can think about. What's everybody talking about? There's a rumor. I, I said something to Preston back there coming in. I said, I heard a rumor that they're going to shut Ingalls down for two weeks. May not be a rumor. It might be true. He, he don't know it yet. I hear they're going to shut the school down. Hey, this thing's dominating us. It's it's. And there's some, you know, some's already, I wonder where God's at. Where's all that Christian folks at? Where? You better be glad we're here. You think it's bad now, you wait till we leave. Hey, there's going to be some things happen on this earth, folks. <laughs> the wrath of God's going to be poured out. Now, now, now watch all of this. That's what repentance, that who warned you of the wrath that was coming? The only way to stop the wrath of God out of our lives is have a godly sorrow and repentance. And then follow through with that, with the main course of this lesson today. And that's to be baptized. He goes on to the next one. It was the publicans. It was the people the first time that the publicans, publicans, amen, was tax collectors. <laughs> Man, they were some of the most hated people, even in Bible time. They was hated. But they brought it on themselves. You know why? Watch what he tells them. He, they, they came also publicans to be baptized. He said unto, them, said unto him, Master, what shall we do? He said unto them, Exit no more than that which is appointed you. See, they had the free course and the liberty to add whatever they wanted to for their own personal gain. They could, they could charge this one $10, this one $20, this one $50. They had the certain amount appointed to a man, but then above that, they could add what they wanted to. So that's the reason they become some of the most hated people that time. And here he's telling them, said, oh, watch it. He's dealing with people that's sitting in places of, places of authority that's over people, that's rulers over people, that's governing lives and things of that nature. Next thing he goes to is the soldiers. <laughs> soldiers here actually can cover a lot of people from employees to out of areas. Likewise demanded he him saying. What shall we do? And he said unto them. Do violence to no man. You're a soldier and you got to enforce law. But don't take it in your own hands. And do it in a, a violent way that was unnecessary. Neither. Accuse any falsely. In fact that happens. Now, I'm still for our law enforcement, ladies and gentlemen. Don't ever think that. I'm still for government. I pray for the sheriff, the deputies. I pray for, I pray for them. They got a tough job, so don't get the wrong idea there. That doesn't mean that they, they can't at times get, let the thing get the best of them. And so he's warning them here. Watch this. Be content with your wages. Be content. Fruits. Repentance, preparation, because 
baptism's no good without the proper preparation ahead of time. I know the lesson wasn't on repentance, but I'm telling you without true and godly sorrow and true repentance, baptism. We could fill that tank up and baptize every one of you every day in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it won't do any good without godly sorrow. But with godly sorrow, I can baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And the blood's applied. He's activated in your life. And then from that moment on, that's the reason John come along and said, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Hey, if we'll confess, it activates the blood. But watch this. Again, it still takes that godly sorrow. God, I got to have your help. I'm, I'm going to transgress against you. Uh, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to stay on top of it. I tell people all the time, yeah, there's some things, you know, there's some temptations you need to pray, Lord, lead us not into that temptation. This one's handled better than I can. Let them do it. <laughs> I'll take this one, but they can't handle it. Tell you what, if I had somebody who's in here, you know, and they was a bad drug addict and they're prone to it and their flesh was subject to it, I would send them to the crack house to witness. That wouldn't be wise. There's a lot of other folks. I might would go because I've never fooled with them. I'm not as strong, not subject. My flesh don't know nothing about it. See what I'm saying? So now let's, let's try to get into the lesson itself. Remainder of it. Let's just go to the third part. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe I covered the rest of this well enough. We know that John refused to start with no why. I got need to be baptized of you, plus he knew that Jesus was no sin of the Lamb, the whole that takes away the sin of the world. But but and he knew to watch this. Watch this revelation. Watch how God had talked to John the Baptist in the wilderness. God was, John the Baptist was a chosen vessel. We know that. We know from Zacharias, from his mom, dad, a man that was barren, couldn't get up in age, and you know the visitation took place, and, and here he is in the wilderness, and he's being used God, and God's speaking to him. God's moving on him. He, he was birthed, amen, with the Holy Ghost, and he had been already informed, amen, that when the Lamb of God shows up, he tells him in one place, he said, the Lamb of God's among you, and the next day, Jesus come walking up. He says, behold, the Lamb of God, amen, and then it comes about being baptized. He said, well, I have need to be, but so then he finds suffering. That means allowing so we allowed him to be baptized. When he baptized him, there was a witness that was going to show up. That John the Baptist knew that was going to show up. And the Spirit of God was going to send down like a dove and settle down upon this man called Jesus of the Lamb of God. Amen. And take up a bold and to dwell and walk with him from that point. He knew that as a witness to back up what he'd already been informed. you got to remember now, there's been about 400 years, and, and now John the Baptist is going to wind up the prophecy of the Old Testament and bring and usher in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God now. And so this is the testimony. This is the procedure. This is the forerunner, amen, of what's going to happen and what's going to take place. Hmm. Goes from that and... It's to fulfill all righteousness. There's several scriptures. If you go back to your lesson, look at it from Titus, a different ones you can go to and, and run references on that and see, man, how true it really is. And then the reason for our baptism, the, the reason of it. And the writer begins to talk about the baptism and, and the new word and the creating around the time of the early English Bibles. And I've never really heard this before. Translators catering to those who believe baptism to include sprinkling or pouring. 
Some people believe it just, you can sprinkle them or just pour it. Amen. But that's like, you know, taking a dead man and taking him back here in this graveyard and just throwing a little dust on top of that casket, on top of that body. Wouldn't get the job done, would it? Sure wouldn't. Man, it's no different here. Amen. There is a submerging that took place. And, and they went down into Jordan. They went down into the water. You could go to Philip. Amen. You could see the time. Amen. That, that whenever the, uh, the eunuch said, hey, what hinders? here's water. What hinders me? And they went down into the water. So we understand fully submerging. Amen. It's, it's a must. It's, it, you know, it's, it's something that should take place and ought to take place. Amen. I've heard of some that was baptized and a knee or something come up. And they rebaptized and make sure it was all done. And so, you know, fully submerged. Amen. Why? For the remitting of the remission of sins to be washed away. We, we need that grave to take place. So the new covenant entrance through the covenant name of Jesus Christ. The covenant is a binding contract between two individuals. We know this actually started, amen, with Abraham. When you go to Genesis 22 and 16. And there's other scriptures there. So I'm going to encourage you to go. Look at those scriptures. It's, 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 a, it's a covenant. It's a contract. Amen. It's the name that, that, that bonds it. It causes it to happen, to take place. When he told Abraham, when he could swore by none, no greater, he swore by himself. And as he walked through the lambs and this covenant that was made, not only it was in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15 and then in Genesis 70 and then again in Genesis 22, the covenant that was made in this journey with Abraham and God and the process that was going to take place and, and the circumcision and all that that works together to bring this about and bring this amen to us he goes on he talks about to, amen he, he called his name out to Jacob you go back to the time of Jacob 28th chapter this is the time that he was fleeing he saw the ladder seen the descending and the kind of that, that Jacob made amen but he told him, he said I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and, and later on you know it should have been probably Esau but because Esau amen because a likeness unto carnality and for pleasures and for the moment a man thought he's gonna die you know he sold his birthright for a bowl of pottage and you know and you know Jesus comes along and warns us he said you know you know if man gains the whole world and loses his soul what if he's gained then he poses the question he says what will you give in exchange for your soul Moses come along and informed us about enjoying a man the season the pleasure for season no, he said, I choose rather the fictions of Christ. It's a power of choice of who we're going to live for. And that's what this is all about. This is what initiates and gives us the strength, the power of through this remission after dying out. Just dying alone won't get the job done. Just repenting alone won't get the job done. We're warned in the scriptures. If a man repents of his sins and he comes clean and the unclean spirit leaves him. But if it's not the right process to take place through baptism, amen, then that they swept and clean and open. And that spirit comes back after a season and he sees that it's swept and clean and open. Amen. He, he goes and gathers up seven other spirits comes and takes in that vessel. That's the reason at the end time of the generation we're living in there's going to be so much more wicked and vile because it's even going to be people that thought they were saved. But the, the full process didn't take place. For the sealing to take place. Because when you watch this baptism begin to take place and what really begins to unfold here and you're going to see that it's calling on the name of Jesus. Paul, our own apostle in Acts 22 and 16. In Acts 22 and 16, he said, Ananias came to him. He said, washing away 
thy sin. You go and be baptized. There's no other name. You can't find in the scriptures. I've had people question me. Well, I'm going to do what Jesus said. He said to go baptize in the name of Father, Son, Holy. I said, what is the name? Saying, what is the name? There's no power in titles. It's the powers in the name. All power in heaven and earth is in the name. The name's got to be pronounced. The name's got to be lifted up by faith. It's got to be. It's not a choice. It's not an option there. This is what comes with revelation. This is what comes with true repentance and true hunger. It's the reason Jesus taught us on the mount. He said, he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. That's what we have a hunger, affection for, a desire. So when you desire it, you're going to realize and see that this is the way it goes. What happens here? It brings the identity. It identifies us with him. We're not ashamed. Did you know that we're being persecuted for his name? Did you know? Amen. If we're not careful, I heard somebody make mention just the other day about our military, that they're allowing certain things, and, and you know, but they still hesitate and really don't want to. Amen. That broke the name of Jesus. Amen. And, and stipulations of things of that nature. Now they, they open up the ways, amen, for, for the Muslims and different ones like that. They change some of the rulings and, 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 and standards they got. Amen. But, but to cure the name of Jesus. Amen. They don't want us to pray in certain places and things of that nature. But you and I know that, amen, this is what identifies us is taking on his name. Amen. We're the bride. We're betrothed. And you understand something? Betrothed is, is, means as much as being already married. All the obligations and responsibilities lie inside that betrothed. Amen. We can't have no other. Can't take on any other name. Can't have the affairs with none other. Can't bow down to no other gods. Can't serve no other God. This is the only God. But the, the name is the, the taking on on the name in baptism. Amen. That's what brings it all about and brings it down. That's what applies that blood for the what? For the remission, the washing away of sin. We haven't took on the name. Sin, 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 still there. Stain, still there. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away my sins. And it has to be applied right. It can't just be a thought. It takes actions. The only thing that kept the death angel out of the, out of the Hebrews in Egypt was obeying what the man of God told him to go put the blood on the doorpost and lentils. You and I have got to have the blood of Christ applied to our lives. But watch this. Not only does remission come, but healing comes. Healings in the blood. Healings in the blood. It's nothing like the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I know my time's up. I'm, it's a command. Go back, look at the scriptures here. Uh, I had a lot of scriptures I'd love to just really dive into and uh, look at some of this. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the remission. That's the reason you and I ought to be some of the most liberal people on the face of the earth. I'm not talking about a living as far as lifestyle. But I'm talking about the true liberty of life itself. A lot of things just bogging a lot of people down and got them, you know, depressed and things of that nature. No. Our hope stands sure. Our joy is real. Man, we're going to make it. We're going to survive. We know what it is to be baptized. We know what it is to have the burdens washed away. We know what it is to have them lifted from us and have a walk and a talk with Jesus Christ. We know him 
on the personal basis. That statement's made a lot of time. Personal Savior, that's exactly what he's got to become. And the way to know him, and I don't have the time this morning, but I could took you the right, we're baptized into Christ. And if we take on him in likeness of his death, we should walk in the likeness of his death. That's not talking about the life to come. That's in this life. That's in this life. Let's do it. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. You can stand. Bulls and goats couldn't do it. But the lamb. That's one of the reason I always say I believe it was lamb skins in the garden. Because the Lord was likened unto a lamb. A lamb that was willing to sacrifice. And now we take on him. And we take on his identity through baptism. Not only do we take on his name and his blood. But we also take on the earnest. The deposit of his spirit in that watery grave. Thank God for it this morning. Love you. Appreciate you. Let's come back tonight. Let's expect a great move of the Holy Ghost in this house tonight. Okay? Lord bless you.